The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Baggies Podcast. Hope you're all doing very well. It's a very, very sunny Easter weekend as I'm recording this. Made even sunnier by Albion's 5-2 demolition of formerly unbeaten under Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea. What a fantastic result. We're going to have all the latest match reaction, including a couple of new segments to the show this week with some little introduction clips, which I've been working on. But there's plenty and plenty of stuff to discuss. We've got match reaction coming. We've got a bit of fan reaction coming from you guys. We've got our first ever mailbag where you guys have been sending in your questions. And I can tell you that during that mailbag, I'm going to be picking my dream West Bromwich Albion at five-a-side team. It's a jam, jam-packed jam episode, so make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube if you're fancy getting involved. And we've, very, we've got a special guest joining us for, special guests, I should say, joining us for the match reaction segment of the podcast. We've got Dan and Adam from the Baggy Brothers joining me to chat about yesterday's fixture against Chelsea, which, as I mentioned, ended in a fantastic 5-2 victory. But yes, without further ado, make sure you're following, make sure you're downloading the episode as well, because that season helps us to see how many people are listening. But yeah, without further ado, let's get straight into this week's episode. Come on, you Baggies. Match reaction on the Baggies podcast, giving you up-to-date analysis and opinion on every Albion game. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube to get notified whenever we release a new episode of the Baggies podcast. Special guest on the Baggies podcast, the Baggy Brothers. On to the match reaction section of this week's podcast episode. And of course, we actually have some nice news to report, really. A 5-2 victory away at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And I'm joined by two very, very happy Baggy Brothers, Adam and Dan, better known as the Baggy Brothers. How are you both doing, guys? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely ecstatic from today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic victory for Albion. I mean, nobody saw it coming. But uh, if we start with you, Adam, how, how did today's game go for you, mate? I don't think it could have gone any better, if I'm completely honest. Um, we obviously got, we scored goals, which we haven't been doing. We defended quite well, I thought, considering the team that we were against. And yeah, what a result. Um, I, th- I think the red card played a big factor. Um, but yeah, what a result against one of the top teams in the Premier League. I'm just speechless, really, if I'm completely honest. Every time I've tried to put it into words, I just, yeah, I still can't quite believe what we've managed to do today. Yeah, definitely. Dan, where do you stand on this on this victory? What, what, what went well for you today? I mean, if we... If we think about it as the match went on, kind of the first the first fifteen minutes or so, I was kind of like, all right, fine, same as we've been in the first the you know past few weeks, and then Chelsea got the goal, and you're like, all right, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. here we go, we're on for an absolute drumming again. But then, as I just said, the red card happened, and I kind of just sort of lit up a bit. I was thinking we might have a chance here because mm. we've played well against teams with ten. You know, we didn't win in the past, but you know couple of weeks off might help us out and then prayer getting those two goals just before half time i my mood changed immediately i was like we're winning we're mm-hmm. winning this game and yeah the rest of the game speaks for itself unbelievable performance so proud of of the lads for their performance today and what what else can you say you know 
like like Adam said, amazing performance against the top team. Yeah, I mean, I think those two goals before half-time really sort of shifted the momentum back to us. But with regards to the red card, Adam, you mentioned it there, the Thiago Silva, obviously it came a bit um, earlier. It could have come earlier on in the game, Big Sam was saying. Do you, Adam, if we start with you, do you think do you think it was a red card? Do you think that it was a justified decision for the... I think they gave two yellows in the end for, for it. Mm. I think it was two yellow cards. And I don't think there was a... From what I've seen on social media and across, I don't think a lot of people are complaining about it. And even the pundits were saying it's two yellow card decisions. He was late, wasn't he, on that second challenge? Yeah. Um, and for an experienced defender like him, I was quite surprised that he actually did it and followed through on him. Whereas... Yeah, I was thinking, oh, you're going to pull back a bit. He's not, I can't even remember who he fouled, but like we haven't been scoring from outside the box, have we, a lot? So I don't think it's going to be, um, yeah, I don't think it was going to be a worrying shot, was it? No. Performances, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was Yukushlu who he who he fouled. I think he was going for the shot. Yeah, it was, wasn't going, it? Going yeah. way wide and he just decided to carry on chopping him down. Uh, Dan, where do you stand on, where do you stand on the red card? Do you think it, do you think it was? Yeah, I, th- I mean, the, yeah, both both yellow card fouls. I mean, the the first one, the first one, I was kind of, I was thinking, have we got a pen? Because yeah. it was right, mm-hmm. right on the edge of the box, and it was again, you know, it, it deserved yellow. You could you could argue that the second one could have just been like a look, do that again, and you're getting one. But as you say, he could have he could have picked one up earlier. It was probably just a bit of a shame for Chelsea, really, because he'd been out for a while yeah. and they were waiting for him to get back in the team. First game he comes back, he only plays for half an hour, so yeah. But but I'm happy it happened because we won, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, it meant they had to take off a, a midfielder on. Obviously, that allowed us a little bit more space. They took mm-hmm. off Ziyech, I think, and I don't think he was too happy about that one because obviously mm-hmm. he's get, trying to get back into a bit of form for Chelsea. But um, obviously, we had some fantastic style performers today, and you know Robinson coming off a bit. Honestly, I made made up for Callum today, getting yeah. those those couple of goals. I think he's he's earned his chance and he's taken his chance today, and hopefully, we see him a bit more often. Obviously, Pereira making a real impact if we start with you Dan who who do you think stood out for you today um I mean all, all the goal scorers definitely stood out you know Pereira getting those two goals and two assists played phenomenally um <clears throat> yeah Callum Robinson his volley I yeah. don't think I, I don't think I've made a noise like that since I was a child <laughs> just I just I was like I was bouncing up and down in my chair like what a hit and then, and I'm really happy for Diana getting a goal as well. To yeah. be honest, that's going to do nothing but good things for him. Um, I think Sam Johnston obviously gets a gets a mention as well. Again, mm-hmm. great performance from him. And I'd say Connor Townsend was one of the people that really impressed yeah. me today as well. He, I think he played played excellently. Yeah, I think I think I think somebody tweeted it earlier. I think they were saying, you know, you say about you, people saying about Pereira, people saying about Johnston leaving us. I think you know people might be eyeing up Townsend at the end of the season, unfortunately, which won't spell good news for for us at all because he's obviously a player. Obviously, he's just signed a new contract, but he's one player that we really want to keep. Adam, who, who are you saying for your for your standout performer today for West Brom? I mean, I echo everyone Dan's just mentioned. I think all of them were brilliant. I think Yukuslu as well showed his class in the middle of the field. He was unreal again today. The way he breaks up playing is is just so calm on the ball, isn't he, when he's got it? He's just like, it's okay, I've got it. We'll sort it out now. It's just an absolute breath of, breath of fresh air in the middle of that park to have him. Um, I thought Phillips played quite well as well. I don't think there's one player on that pitch I think played poorly. 
Um, yeah. Even Ivanovic, he sprinted after um, yeah. Werner, didn't he? And injured himself in the process. And <laughs> I was like, Jesus, where's he, where's he got that speed from? He obviously had a Lucas aid before the game. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone had a bad game, if I'm completely honest. I think everyone put a really good shift in. Um, Ajay making that little flick onto the post. Mm. There were so many moments in that game where every single player did something that helped us. So, yeah, all of them. I'll take my hats off to you all. Well done, boys. Yeah, they, everybody really played a part in today's form, performance. I, I do think um, Ivanovic actually does deserve a bit of applaud it because I thought I was literally, you know, my dad was going, no, no, no. We saw Werner and we thought Werner's going to have a, like a gift of a goal here because he's going to be one on one and because yeah, Ivanovic yeah. isn't going to be able to keep up with him and he obviously sacrificed his, uh, <laughs> whatever he pulled out, the hamstring or something like that <laughs> in the process of stopping the goal. Of course, it's a noble cause, but without Ivanovic's injury, we wouldn't have had a, a Robinson double, I don't think. No. So, yeah, I think that was real testament to Big Sam because I thought, you know, it's going to be Peltier here. I know it's going to be Peltier coming yeah. up, filling it right back, but he didn't. And obviously that's shown a bit of adaptation from Big Sam, which I think a lot of people perhaps don't think think of him and they think he's very rigid in his ways. Where, where, if I start with you, Dan, where, where do you stand with Big Sam? Is he somebody you might want to see on keeping on next season, whether we stay up or, or go down? It's a funny one for me because I think I think a lot of West Brom fans, I say a lot, they're probably a, a healthy portion would probably were probably a bit unhappy with the sack in a village. And then he gets brought in, and I think it was more, it wasn't necessarily him being appointed, it was maybe the speed of an appointment and just yeah. that, and everyone was kind of like, what are you doing? Like, why have you got this guy in? Like, and we maybe were expecting someone slightly better within modern football, maybe. No disrespect to Sam, because obviously he's achieved a lot in his career. But if he, if if we stayed up and he managed to keep us up, then <laughs> then I think we would have to keep him purely because Adam is going to have to get him tattooed on his body, <laughs> as he promised. As he promised. Um, or, or you know, but then if we got relegated, maybe that would be the right time to sort of go. Let's let's start fresh. Let's bring in a yeah. new face. Let's let's you know start anew, like like we have done in the past. You know, like a lot of teams do. Um, but if we stayed up, then I, I feel like he would have earned the right to remain yeah. as manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think so. And um, Adam, obviously, you you might have a bit of a different view to Dan because obviously, if we stay <laughs> up and Big Sam stays on, and and you know we stay up and complete the Great Escape, there's a bit of an implication for you. So, where do you stand on Big Sam, and if he, you know if we stay up or go down? Or rather, where do you sit on Big Sam? Yeah, where do you sit on him? <laughs> Predominantly on my right, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm. <laughs> It's a tough one, isn't it? I think if he kept us up, it would probably be the greatest of all escapes that we've yeah. ever seen and what anyone can imagine. So for that, he will deserve not to have a tattoo on myself. That's a bit silly of myself, but he deserves a lot of credit for um, achieving that because that's a big ask with the squad we've got and the points we had. Um, yeah, it'd be an amazing effort. If we were to go down... I saw something midweek that he's looking to stay on and he, he's interested in staying on. It's mm. not something he wants to leave and just ditch if we do go down. So if that is the case, then I don't think he's the worst manager to have in charge. He's obviously got a lot of experience, hasn't he? Um, he's even got yeah. the teams promoted back to the Premier League. <sighs> Personally, for me, <laughs> I'd prefer someone younger to come in um, with a bit more 
forward thinking maybe so to speak rather than one up top lump ball type play but yeah if Sam is to stay on I don't think it's the worst thing if he can get some transfers in like he's managed to do in January as well um, obviously coordinate some players like Lukostu um, yeah Diane all of those I mean it can only be good for the club if we can get players like that coming into the club so yeah it's a tough one I prefer to see a younger manager, but if he stayed on, I don't think it would be the worst thing. Yeah, I think he's he's shown a, a lot of transfer acumen. I think with you know being able to have these contacts, and obviously he's contacted every man and his dog about signing players over the transfer window. By the looks of things, with two hundred and odd people contract contacted mm-hmm. about inquiries and stuff like that. But if the great, do, do, you know, the great escape is, is it could potentially be coming. Uh, I mean, a lot of Albion fans have completely switch like that last week I mean I've personally enjoyed the little bit of a break from watching Albion play yeah. and now I'm sort of refreshed and ready to carry on watching us but uh, Adam if we if we go to you do you think the great escape might just be on well after today's result I'm a little bit nervous yeah I think it could be um, if you can play like that every week it's the thing that me and Dan have said all season if you can play like that against every side in the Premier League you've got a really great chance of like being a mid-table side um, if you can pull out some performances like that. But it's just the inconsistency. We seem to play really well against the bigger clubs. But then when it comes to like clubs, you think, right, okay, we can get some points off these today. We just fold and just don't do anything. It's really disappointing. Um, and like players like Robinson, like you mentioned him, I think he should have been playing. A, he hasn't played since Feb, has he? No. And for that, that's just diabolical because I think he's been one of our better players this year. Um so, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it, with some of the player decisions and the starting lineups? But, yeah, I think if we can get a run of games going, obviously it's all about momentum, but we've got to play consistently, haven't we? It can't just be like odd ad hoc games where we play well, like we did against Wolves, and then the game after we got battered. If you can't do that, you've got to be a bit more consistent. Yeah, it's it's just sort of every Albion fan will have those those fingers crossed saying that, you know, we can just keep this momentum going because we haven't had momentum all season. As you said, that's something that we just we just have been missing all, all, all season. It's just not been something that we can get together. Dan, do you think we can do you think we can do it? Do you think it's on? I think before today's game I would have written the season off. Mm. Before like like a lot of fans, I think we we'd all kind of gone, yeah, we're we're going down. You can't help but think after a performance like today, there has to be, even if it's like 0.00001%, that tiny iota of just like, if we can do that against Chelsea, we haven't, there aren't really that many teams. There's no, we're not playing anybody above them, I don't think, left. We've played all the top teams. I think the next big club we've really got, the only really big club we've got left is Arsenal and maybe Leicester. Yeah. But the rest of them, it's like, we should probably be able to do this, you know, like if, if again, you do that, what we did today against, uh, no disrespect to them, but you know, if we did that against, uh, you know, a Burnley, I know we played Burnley twice, but if we played like that against clubs like that level, we're laughing like that can only, we can only do the same again. And if not, maybe better, but mm. yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think if they, uh, if they can build off this momentum and you know create momentum, sorry, off off today, yeah, I, th- I think I think it could happen. But let's let's take it one game at a time before we uh, before we all get excited and start booking in tattoo slots. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be uh, would be silly to start uh, getting ahead of ourselves because typical Albion would be this performance, and then you go and lose 
two or three nil to Southampton next Monday night. I think that would just be a typical Albion sort of thing. If we move on to thinking about next season, whatever perhaps division we might be in, there's been a obviously we I think you posted about it on Instagram and I think so did so did I about Mateus Pereira and apparently you know some potential suitors looking at him for a particular price tag around twenty million pounds. If we start with you, Dan. Um, do you think that's a worthy price tag? I know today might have raised his uh, market value up by a couple of couple of pence. But... Oh, well, today, after today's performance, I mean, I feel like 17 million is fine for a beginning price. And from the point they've given that, every goal and assist, you add a million on. Yeah. So today yeah. he's gone up four. Next game, if he gets, you know, bags a couple of things, it just, just keeps stacking it up and to the point where we could, you know, <laughs> you know, he could be worth like 40, 50 million. But... I'd I'd be really sad to see him go for something like 17 mil. I think that would be we'd be losing a very good player for not enough money. If if someone put in a the a bid for, you know, 30, 40 mil, though that kind of area, then it's like it would be it would almost be maybe a bit silly for the club not to take that. Because yeah. the if especially if we get relegated, that's the sort of money that the club's gonna need to reshape the squad. And me and Ads have brought it up a couple of times, but there's also a lot of players leaving on freeze arguably at the end of the season a lot of contracts running out so if all of those guys go we might have to rebuild the squad by six or seven people maybe more so if there is if we do go down and there's a big enough offer in for someone like Pereira and I do mean you know sort of 30 40 mil then that will help with sorting out the rest of the squad but it would it would be a shame especially after today today really showed like his like top abilities like what yeah. he could be in, you know, arguably could be a member of a, a top Premier League team. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be sad to see him go. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's one of those players you just want to, you just want to keep and you want to keep him sort of there forever. And you want to make sure he, stay, he stays a West Brom player for as long, long as you possibly can and let him be your star man for years to come. Adam, do you think 17 million is the sort of price that you'd, you'd, you'd flog him for? I don't think so, no. If you, I think he's only just signed a new contract with us as well, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he? So he's got a long enough contract and really 17 million, you've got to think we're going to have to try and replace him. Who are you going to get for that sort of money that's going to be as good as him? I yeah. think we've got him at an absolute steal, if I'm completely honest, of whatever it was, 7 million, wasn't it, I think we signed mm. him for? Yeah, something so like that's, that. So that's an absolute steal for Pereira. And I think if we do go down, he's going to be vital for getting us back up to the uh, to the prem um yeah i think he's i think realistically he's worth 25 to 30 mil um at this moment in time and like dan said he could go on to play for a bit much bigger and better club than us probably um you just don't want it to be like the berahino kind of like act as if a big club comes yeah. in for him with a lowish offer that we're not happy with and then him to sulk and then not get anything out of him that would be really crap wouldn't it so yeah. it's yeah. all about a balance isn't it between keeping the player happily get him that move if he wants to go um but also getting the right amount of money in for him yeah i i think if you start at 17 million or maybe if, a, if another club starts at 17 million then you knock knock him up a couple of quid and then see what you get for him i think 17 million would be a good starting offer for him and then i think you could build on that and see With if your you add-ons get, yeah yeah i think you need to just rent rinse every penny out of him that you can if you are if we are going to go down and we are going to sell him obviously i'm not sure he'll be too keen on playing championship football i think at times this season he especially today he's shown that he's got it and perhaps in a better side he, he could flourish a bit more 
But with regards mm-hmm. to next season, obviously we talked about Big Sam, whether he might be or might not be staying uh, staying around if we do go down or stay up next season. Adam, if we go to you first, do you think um, do you think who who do you think you would bring in as a, a manager if Big Sam were to go next season, depending on what division we are in? It's a tough one because every manager I bring up, they seem to disappear like, and go off to someone else. So I first said Nigel Pearson, I'd like him. Yeah. He's obviously gone off. Eddie Howe was one that I was quite keen on. He's really linked heavily with Celtic now. Rafa Benitez was one I was quite keen on. I thought it's yeah. a bit ambitious, but um, I think maybe someone like maybe Derek McInnes or Michael Appleton, someone who knows the club, maybe to build a good solid base there. Um, yeah, someone like that, I think, would be a good manager to appoint. Someone youth, a bit more on the youth side, up and coming that wants to play attacking football. Yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think that's. I think it, whatever we do, I think we need to stick with it. Like, not do what we've done here and chop and change, and then bring in managers with different play style. Dan, who 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 are you bringing in? You're the you're the you're the director of football. Who are you who are you adding into the managerial mix for about a time? It's about time I've been putting charge of the club. <laughs> Um, yeah, me and Adam. No, uh, <laughs> I'll be manager. He'll be assistant. Uh, I'd, I mean, I'd be, <clears throat> I'd be happy if we got someone like Frank, Frank Lampard. I'd be happy if we got someone like him. Obviously, I think he, I think he did a really good job at Chelsea, and I think he did a pretty good job at Derby as well. Obviously, he was a bit unlucky not to get the uh, the playoff promotion, but I'd quite like to see him in charge and given time to do it but I but again like you just said ads like Derek McInnes Michael Appleton would be two two names I'd be very pleased to see come in you know ex-players um you know they've you know they've earned their way up in managing and they'd be they'd be great additions um I mean you know Jose (laughs) too ambitious Uh, I think I think he'd be interesting you know I think he'd be an interesting pick Pep as well. You've got, to, you've got to be bored with winning the league all the time. Have a challenge, lads. Come and manage West Brom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More than a challenge, isn't it? Jesus. <laughs> it would definitely be interesting to see how they'd work with the with the budget constraints. I think if Pep and Jose don't have that little bit of bit of bit of cash in their back pocket, what are they going to do now when they have to start resorting to looking around the championship for loan Scraping deals? around the bargain buckets, going, "All right, <laughs> what can we do with this?" Just pop into yeah. Poundland. <laughs> yeah, coming out with um, coming out with all sorts, you know, you're cushly on loan for, for, for six months and whatnot. Yeah, I think it'd be an interesting thing to see. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure having you. But you obviously you're the Baggy Brothers, and you've got your own YouTube channel, and you do your own sort of stuff. If if you just want to explain a bit about what you've been doing on there, you've obviously got a really really cool best eleven series that you're doing. Tell us a bit more about that and what you've been doing on there. Yeah, so similarly to you, we obviously we do analysis uh, a best of series where we've we've had yourself on and we've had a couple of other content creators and some ex-players come on just talking about their best west broms basically you know the teams that they've grown up with um and yeah we have a chat about each player and all that sort of stuff um and then like i say we also do the yeah like i say we do post-match chats and stuff like that and if there's something bigger happening with the club we talk about that as well yeah, and you've you've had a, a pretty decent one on most recently. It's a Carl Carl Hopkins, um, former Albion and Belgian international, which is a a decent one. To, which I've, I've just had a little watch of this morning. Uh, how did how did that one go for you? Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? He's was a really nice guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously at Club Bruges at the minute, so it was quite difficult to tie him down, wasn't it? But 
yeah, in the end, we managed to get it done. And yeah, the team he picked was really, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? There were some um, players that I wouldn't have thought of dropping into that team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's always nice to get a player's perspective because obviously they obviously they might have had like f- more people they were f- more friendly with or yeah, um, players that they really rated in training that didn't really feature much. So it's always nice to hear a few stories, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to go and check that out, out, listeners, you can check out the links in the description, follow the guys on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, or you subscribe to them on YouTube and go and watch their Best Eleven series. But guys, thank you very much for joining me for the fan uh, for the match reaction section of this podcast. It's been a real pleasure having you guys on. Nice one. No Cheers, Louis. Cheers, Louis. Fan reaction on the Baggies podcast, giving you the chance to share your thoughts on all things Albion. Email a voice note or a video clip with your thoughts to thebaggiespodcast.gmail.com for a chance to be shown in next week's episode. Fan reaction on the Baggies podcast, giving you, the fans of West Bromwich Albion, a voice. So there was Adam and Dan from the Baggy Brothers talking to us about today's, yesterday's game against Chelsea, which was obviously a fantastic result. Great to hear their reaction and their thoughts and a big thank you to them for coming on. It's now time for some fan reaction. It's time to hear what you guys have been thinking, your man of the match and all that sort of jazz as to what you've been talking about and what you've been thinking on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Let's have a look and see for some replies. We've got plenty of stuff coming in. We might as well reveal our man of the match for today. Today's ma- <laughs> Yesterday's man of the match was 82% for Mateus Pereira, 15% for Callum Robinson, 3% for Oke Yokushlu, and no percent for Diagne, which I think was a bit harsh because I think he played a lot better than people, people tend to think. Um... Lots of people agreeing with my point that I made on Twitter the other day, well yesterday, saying we've got to credit Allardyce for this sub. I fully expected him to bring on Peltier, but to his credit, he brought on Robertson, who came on and repaid his faith. Um, plenty of people also getting involved. Okay, Yokushlu is clearly very happy with this week's result as well. So there's plenty of you guys getting involved on there. People think maybe it's just happening. I think Andy has put in a little tweet saying it might just be greatest escape still on. So he says, um, lots of, uh, also we've got one coming in from Absolute Baggies who says desperately need to sign him about Okoyukushlu. So plenty of positive reaction. It's great to see some nice positivity throughout the fan base for, for this week's um, for this week's fixture. I mean, it's not very often that we get to see this sort of thing, but it is, it's today, you know. I mean, it's just something you know that I, you know, that I love to see us just playing some nice football. I say that's probably up there with top five Premier League victories of all time for me, for Albion. I think it's definitely one of them. I think we just, we just, I don't know what happened, but I hope we can keep it up. We just decided to demolish Chelsea today, and we should be really, really proud of our performance. Allardyce deserves a bit of credit for for, for not being a dinosaur and bringing on uh, an attacker rather than a defender. I think hopefully that sees Robinson to consolidate his place and. Yeah, so hopefully we can see a bit more next Monday against Southampton. If you want to watch the match preview for that, that'll be out later in the week. So make sure you get checking out for that. But that's your fan reaction for this week on the Baggies podcast. The mailbag on the Baggies podcast, giving you the chance to get your questions answered. Get your questions in via our Twitter feed or email us at baggiespodcast at gmail.com. That's the baggiespodcast at gmail.com. As promised, we've got the mailbag on the Baggies podcast this week. It's basically you guys have been sending in your questions, your very, very awesome questions. Uh, I have been picking the best ones out. We've got a couple here from Twitter. This one's from Ian Dickinson. 
who says Big Fat Sam says he'd stay if we were serious about getting promoted next season. Is that close? In, is that enough commitment, or do you choose a new young guy and give him to, time to build for the future? I think if we go down, we we I think we should get rid of Sam Allardyce personally. I think if we if we go down, I think he's you know it's it's best to have a new change, a, a bit of a new start. You know, I wouldn't be completely against Allardyce sticking around, but. I think if we go down, I think it's time to, time for him to go. I think it's time for somebody younger to come in. I maybe I'd love to see somebody like Eddie Howe. Maybe somebody, maybe Derek McKinn. McKinn might be a good shout. I wouldn't necessarily go for Michael Appleton, uh, who's another guy who's been mentioned and is always mentioned. But yeah, for me, I think if we go down, we'll stay. Um, we'll 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 stick. No, we'll twist with with Sam Allardyce, and then if we stay up, I think we keep Sam Allardyce. Obviously, but I think that's unlikely. But you know, I think we'll keep him if we stay up. The next one comes in from Instagram, and that this is from D Tudji, who says, "Watching Barnsley, do you guys rate any of their of their players to come to us?" Now, this is an interesting one because I've seen a couple of players playing for Barnsley who I quite like the look of myself. I mean, I'm not sure whether you guys will agree, but feel free to drop your comments uh, via Twitter or or in the comments of if you're watching on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, I'd probably either go for somebody like Michael Helick, who's playing at the back for for Barnsley. He's been absolutely phenomenal this season. Uh, I think he's uh, he, he gave away a penalty against England. You might you might have seen him give that away, but no, I think he's a really good player, and I think he could potentially make it if we go down, maybe at Championship level. Perhaps even if we stay up, it might be an option to stick around. But whether we need another centre back is probably probably not the case. But he's just a player that I've picked up from watching Barnsley. Another player is Daryl Dyke who is playing up front for them. Just a, a sort of like a, a bit of a powerhouse up front, but he's he's sort of like a cheaper Diagne. He's 20 years old and he's a bit younger, but he's on loan from Bar- to Barnsley from Orlando City. And he's another player that I might perhaps look at if I were thinking of signing some players from Barnsley. But they're certainly doing a fantastic job in the league at the moment. They're currently fifth, doing very well and you know really making it, making themselves a name under Valerian Ishmael. So yeah, Barnsley definitely... Fantastic shouts to to perhaps approach some players off, but they might be going up themselves. You never know, so perhaps that might not be too viable. This one is from Instagram, and it's from Jabaggy, who says, "Carl Edwards, keep or sell or loan. If we stay up, he's got to go on loan for me. I think it'd be wrong to have him milling around the reserves for ages, uh, like he has been perhaps this season a bit too often. Uh, for me, I'll probably I'll probably keep him, but I'd loan him off if we if we stay up. But if we go down, I think he's he's worth having a chance on the bench and coming off the bench and a bit more frequently than perhaps he did uh, last season. I'd hope, I just, you know, if we knew that we weren't going to play in this season, I'd have loaned him out so he could have that experience perhaps in the championship. And then if we go down, then he's ready for the championship, if you get what I'm, if you get my gist. But for me, Edwards, I think he's worth keep, keeping around uh, unless uh, a really good offer comes in for him. I'm not sure how good just about he's going to be. But he could be one that could be good for the future. Another one off Instagram comes from Sam J Davy, who says Callum or Diagne. Now, t- yesterday's events have sort of changed my opinion because I'd say they're, they're they're very different strikers. They're very very different players. They are so so they're almost uncomparable in their play styles because Diagne is his big hold up striker, and Robinson is um is better obviously on on the ground and and running round defenders. Now I'd say for. Uh, if I were to compare them over different different things, Diagne is better at holding the ball up. Robinson's faster, better at dribbling. Uh, Diag, I say Robinson's far better at finishing than Diagne. I'd say, but getting into the areas that you need to score, I think Diagne is slightly better. But he doesn't finish when he gets into those areas to score. So that's sort of what I've picked up. 
I'd play both of them together, personally. You saw what they did yesterday together. You saw that they clearly, you know, worked together or, you know, whatever. They've managed to get up a little partnership going with Pereira in that middle, in the middle of them. But they certainly look really good together yesterday. So I play them together, but I, I personally like Callum Robinson a little bit better because, but I think he works a lot better when he's got somebody stronger to hold the ball up near him. So I think they work very well together, but I like Robinson. I think I think he's been missing a chance recently under Allardyce, and I'm glad that he's finally taken that chance that he needs to get himself off the ground. This one comes in from Instagram, and it's from WBA underscore 1878. This, says, this one says, what made you start the podcast? Now, I'm going to have to dust off my old book of yarns for this one, but yeah, this one is an interesting story. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, so I did do a podcast before the Baggies podcast, which was a sort of a world football podcast, and it wasn't really working because I did like team focused episodes. So, like one week, I'll be talking about I think one of the episodes I did was like on Fulham. So, I spoke to Fulham people, I spoke to Fulham fans, Fulham uh, podcasts, and Fulham writing groups and stuff like that. So, they then Fulham fans flocked that episode to hear what I've got to say about Fulham. But then the next week, I'd do a different team, and then Fulham fans would go, Well, I wanted to hear about Fulham, I didn't want to hear about the other team. So I ended up changing things around. I thought I can't just have audiences hopping from one week to another and never have a consistent one. So I thought, where do I go? And I thought, there's only one place and that is home and that is the Albion. So I thought I'll start the Baggies podcast and I'll get that going. It's something that, you know, I'll be wanting to go into in the future, in my future career path. But, you know, I thought what a great opportunity and it's it's really flourished. I know I've got to thank you guys for that a lot because you guys have been making it possible without you, with no listeners, it's pointless to be doing it. And with your help, I've been able to manage to speak to some footballers who I've grown up watching. And hopefully in the future, I'm going to see, speak to more of them. Obviously, some actual real fantastic footballers coming on at the, on the podcast. But yeah, that's sort of my reasoning before, behind starting it. And you guys have been amazing ever since. I think we started it in July of last year. So obviously not too, not too long, nearly, nearly a year. We're nearly on our 50th episode, so we're nearly on... No, we're about 11 away from 50 episodes, but yeah, that's sort of where I've come from and where I've sort of started this podcast and why I've also done it. But yeah, thank you very much for your questions on Instagram. But this is a final one which I've made into a little segment, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I'd love to hear your five-a-side teams. But this one comes in from Nathan Carr, and he says, what would be your ultimate five-a-side team of Albion players, past or present, and why? Now, I've made a little graphic for this, so you'll be seeing it somewhere on your screen now. I'm not sure where you'll be seeing it, but you will, trust me. But yeah, this one comes in from Nathan Carr. Thank you, Nathan, for that question. It's an interesting one. I want to hear, next for next week's episode, I want to hit your five-a-side teams, and I'm going to talk about them in next week's episode of the Mailbag. So yeah, let's go. Uh, in goal, I've gone for Ben Foster. There's no other keeper that I can really pick from watching my lifetime of West Bromwich Albion players. I think he's a safe pair of hands, but he's also good coming off his line, which is good for a bit of a five-a-side because I, pl I play a bit of five-a-side myself and I've found that it's good to have a keeper who comes off his line and closes down those angles. So, yeah, that would be my reason for him for Ben Foster. Legend, and it was his birthday yesterday, so we got him a birthday victory at Stamford Bridge for him. Centre-half, this was a difficult one because I want to say Jonas Olsen because I think, or maybe Gareth McCauley because they're both such fantastic players. But I'd quite like to go for Johnny Evans at centre-half. Not because he's the best, necessarily the best centre-back we've ever ever had, but in terms of ball-playing ability, if we're playing five-a-side, he's going to need to do a bit of ball-playing, get a bit forward. So that's why I picked Johnny Evans. I think he's got that sort of um, ball-playing ability, and he's, he's he's obviously gone on to great things with Leicester. I mean, I'm not a fan of the some of the stuff he did, like the taxi and instant and the wanting to leave the club and having a paddy and whatnot, and then having his captaincy taken off him. But for me, I think Johnny Evans, I think he's got the ball-playing ability to stick in that centre-half position. 
got two centre mids now. I'm sure you know where we're going with this. I was so close to not putting Brunty in. Now I'll give you my reasoning for that. I put Brunty. I wasn't going to put Brunty in because his speciality is crossing. His speciality is those really good chipped balls over into the box where somebody gets their head on it or corners. And there's none of that in five side. So, but if I were to play five side, surely you got to have Brunty in there. I think you know, captain as a captain with the armband round him. I think you know, there's only one thing for it really with Brunty, and that's to stick him in the team. Chris Brunt, captain, lead legend. He's going in the team. James Morrison uh, as another centre midfielder. That's also a decent option. Hopefully we can work something out with Morrison he's going to be nipping between those lines he's going to be playing those balls um in behind the in behind and you know starting to create those quick little movements that I want to see but they can Brunt and Morrison can also do both jobs Brunt you know obviously play left back Morrison could potentially go into that deeper midfield role if we need him to in my five side team theoretically so hopefully we can find that out and then up front we've gone for none other than former Albion striker he's just over here it's Peter Odom Wingy uh, he's going up front for me and he's Definitely one of the best finishers I've seen. But I've also done a little bit of a bench, but Odin Winky's certainly going in the team with the fantastic goals he scored and the finishing ability that he has. But we're going for um, a bench as well. I've done a little bench of four people who could fit in the outfield positions. Uh, a defending substitute, I've gone for Jonas Olsen. I think just one of my favourite Albion players of all time. No nonsense. Going to be putting anything in front of the ball. His head, his, his face, his what, you know, legs, his boots, whatever he's got, he's going to put in front of that ball to stop it going in the back of the net. Uh, a couple of midfielders, I've gone for Jason Kumas, just for a bit of technical ability. I think he'd work really well in there, maybe on the bench coming off. Then Graham Dorans is going to go and sit in that midfield position as well. So, um, yeah, Graham Dorans a bit of technical ability as well. I think you need really technical players, but also people who are going to work hard. And I think both of them have got it. And then up front on the bench, it's controversial. He's not my favourite Albion striker of all time. Don't get me wrong. Nowhere near. But Saida Berahino. Yeah, I've gone for him because he's a good finisher. And when the ball comes to him in the box, well, it would have done if he was playing back in the day, he would have scored it. So that's why I picked Saida Berahino. Not perhaps my finest choice. I could have picked many other players. I might have picked Bob Taylor or something like that. But Saida Berahino, I think, for a young lad who's going to be nipping in between the lines to try and cause problems for the opposition defence, I think it's got to be Saido. But that is my five-a-side team. Thank you very much, Nathan, for that question off Twitter. But if you want to see, I want to hear your five-a-side teams, basically. Go over to Twitter at the Baggies pod. And send me in your five-a-side teams. I'll be putting a tweet out there later. Or maybe comment them in the description. And I'll read them out next next episode. Hopefully we can get those done. But yeah, that is the mailbag. Our first ever segment of the mailbag on the Baggies podcast. Thank you very much for sending in your questions. And get them in down in the description, down in the comments. Or email them to thebaggiespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. The mailbag on the Baggies podcast, giving you the chance to get your questions answered. Get your questions in via our Twitter feed or email us at baggiespodcast at gmail.com. That's the baggiespodcast at gmail.com. That is about all we've got time for. We'll be back again next week with another very special guest, I hope. So, yes, there'll be plenty more. Thank you to the Baggy Brothers for joining me for this episode of the well for the segment of the fan reaction. But, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you here for another episode. Make sure you leave it a download because I cannot stress how important that is. That shows us that you're listening and it shows us just how many people are listening. If you don't download it, it's almost like you're on incognito mode and you're, you know, you're being a spy and I can't actually see where you are or what you're doing or whether you're actually listening. 
but yeah, if you download the episode or you're on YouTube or Apple, or, or you, if you're just on YouTube, leave that a like or leave it a comment or something like that, just to let me know that you're there and you've enjoyed the episode. Or follow us on Twitter at the Baggies Pod or Louis Ben underscore, and I'd love to hear your five-a-side teams for Albion past or present next for next week's episode. I'll see you in the next one, and it's been a pleasure having you here. And make sure you subscribe and follow us. Goodbye. See you next week, Baggies fans. What a win, by the way. See you later. Bye bye. The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.